Welcome to From the Sidelines. My name is Noah Tyree, and I'm here with Chad Davis, Devin Davis, and Josh Duvall. How's it going? How's it going? And today, we're going to talk about some sports. Feel free to follow us on our Instagram and Twitter, at the FTS Pod. Don't forget to subscribe to our iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube accounts. Send in questions or comments to us at theftspod at gmail.com for our mailbag segment. And be sure to visit our new website, fromthesidelinespod.home.blog, to read, it, read our latest articles and keep up to date with episodes. Hello, my dudes. How's everyone Hello. doing? Did everyone have a good week? I had a great I had a good one. Yeah, that's that was great. A good one. I have this interesting fact for you all. Did you know that raptors are extinct? Are they? Yeah, because they're a dinosaur. Not anymore, because the Toronto Raptors took down the Warriors dynasty and won their first ever NBA championship. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel pretty good. Finally stopped the Warriors from winning uh, a three-peat. Very glad about that. I'm just sick of seeing the Warriors in the finals every year or LeBron in the finals every year, finally. It's good to have. It's just good to have a fresh new new team winning. It's refreshing, honestly. I I've waited for this for five years now, <laughs> and it's just good to see a new face on top, especially a well deserving one. Yeah, and it made it definitely made the Kawhi trade look like an act of genius rather than a risky gamble that wouldn't pay off. Yeah, the Kawhi trade was definitely worth it now. Won the ship, so. Would you have thought at the beginning of the season that the Kawhi trade would lead to a title? I thought it potentially could have. I definitely could have seen them getting to an Eastern Conference Finals. Um, finals, though, I mean, they had to. They definitely had to work for it. Well, I thought they could make it to the Eastern Conference Finals since LeBron James left. Well, yeah. <laughs> he was detrimental to that franchise as a whole well it wasn't even just that like they couldn't get to the finals because of the man not the conference finals but nonetheless like i i definitely could not have seen it going that way uh they definitely had to make some moves to be able to do that in the first place like the marcus Saul trade but i honestly i think without that they wouldn't have got to that point all the pieces just came together it was a beauty it was a thing of beauty really was. I'm, I'm starting to become a little more of a Kyle Lowry fan after uh, that final game. Yes, um, sir. He, he came out hot. He was lighting it up at the beginning, and he ended up finishing with 26, 10, and 7. Like, he had a, he had a fantastic the, game. You know the weird part about that, though, was? I thought Noah said he wasn't a shooter. I was trying to figure out why he kept shooting and why they kept going in. Oof. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, it, I, I will say that, yeah, I will say that. It was rather confusing seeing Kyle Lowry shoot better that night, especially shoot better than Danny Green, who dropped a fat old goose egg. But it uh, it was certainly a nice surprise to see. I like being completely told wrong, so <laughs> I certainly appreciate uh, him proving me wrong like that. He scored their first 11 points of the game. He was just—he just came out. He was like, "Uh, uh-uh, we're finishing this thing right now." Yeah, he came out hot, and uh, also uh, Fred Van Fleet 
Can't can't forget that guy too. He's in, he's the other guard. He had a good game. He had 22, and he had some really nice shots there, especially at the end. They had that clutch three. They had Quinn Cook just looking out in the stands because he had no clue where Fred Van Fleet went on that step back, and it was just beautiful. How about that, by the way? He went undrafted and then to this important role on an NBA championship team. Hard work pays off. Yeah. He made the shots at the end of the game when he couldn't at Wichita State. If you remember the 2014 Kentucky game. Oh, yeah. 34-1. and <laughs> Any excuse to bring all those games back up. Because we're petty like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I can't really not bring up is the injury of Clay Thompson, especially when he had 30 points in the third quarter before he went down. Uh, do you guys think that if he stayed in that game and didn't get injured that we'd have a different outcome? Absolutely. I see. I thought he was going to drop more than 50 the way he was going, especially if he got past him to 30 before even the third quarter ended. I totally saw a 50-point game six from him. Absolutely. Game six, Clay showed up, and unfortunately the only thing that stopped him was a ACL tear. But I obviously thought the Warriors were going to win, given my pre-game predictions. And it uh, looks like I was going to be correct until Clay went down. Well, yeah, he was definitely on his way to a 50-point game. No one else really contributed. Steph uh, couldn't hit nothing, especially in the fourth quarter. Missed the game-winning shot uh, at the end there. Which was very, very rushed, in my opinion. They still had they still had plenty of time to get a better look, and he just took a contested faded three. I don't know why he did that. But uh, one player that decided to go back in time was Andre Iguodala. He had 22, and he had a couple alley-oop finishes, and I was just like, you're not on the Sixers anymore, bud. No. Uh, what happened there? <laughs> I, I would like to commend Draymond Green. He, he got a nice little triple-double. He contributed the best way he could. 19 rebounds, too. Indeed. I will say that the Raptors did get pretty lucky with all the injuries the Warriors had to suffer and still having the games as close as they were without all of them being at full health. But, you know, quite me a river. Yeah, and Pascal me a river, too. Uh, he had quite the game. Uh, he had 26 points and 10 rebounds, and he was just going off. Like, Draymond, I mean... Draymond obviously had a great game, too, but on defense, you know, Pascal Siakam's like 6'11", Draymond's 6'7". He can just easily get those hooks right over him, and that's all he did the whole game. He was scoring in the paint left and right and really helping them out. I have a stat for my boy Devin here. I bet I know where this is going. Anyone want to take a guess at what Kyle Lowry's plus-minus was? Well, of course I know it being the Kyle Lowry truther. Mm. Twelve. Plus 16. Hey, that's pretty good. He had a good game. He's definitely yeah. a huge reason why they won. Always? That's, a, that's an overstatement. Always. That's an overstatement. Incredibly. How about the that first game of the playoffs you had? Mm-hmm. A trip down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah. They won the series. I remember. He was amazing in the finals. He was, he was. He was just. He was just awesome. I. I'm glad he played that way. 
because they beat the Warriors, and I'm happy. So, and it was a nice. lo- in large part due to well, their entire team, obviously, but the way Kyle Lowry was able to improve throughout the playoffs. It was also very impressive how the Raptors kind of found their stride after the game seven against the 76ers and then um, losing the first two games in Milwaukee, but then stepping back up, doing a little reverse sweep action, and then going into Oracle, winning three times. Winning on the road three times, much less in Oracles, is impressive. I don't care who you are. Yeah, no, they're definitely impressive to win in Oracle. Uh Glad Oracle can go out on a Raptors win. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and one last thing before we move on. Um, we made our finals predictions. Me and Josh picked the Raptors from the very start. One member of our podcast here <laughs> refused to take the Raptors even, even after we gave him a second chance to hop on the train. To Noah's credit, Noah hopped on. They yep. were right. The trains were riding past each other, and Noah hopped on our train. But Devin was, as he put it, all alone on the Warriors bandwagon. Um, I think he should give us an apology. An apology for having clairvoyant insight, or superior predictions, or the unfortunate luck of Katie and Clay getting hurt twice. Uh, making fun of us for our predictions when we were right. And well, ours was clearly superior because they won. Um, Asterix. They beat uh, Steph Curry and a band of uh, washed-up All-Stars. All right, well, congrats. Well, they, their team's still good. They have other All-Stars on the team. More, they, even with those injuries, they still have more All-Stars than other awful teams like the Knicks. So, again, Kawhi Mir River. Well, apology or not, Devin, we were right. Um, but, yeah, congrats to the Raptors for winning, and I think on that note that we should move on. What do you guys think about the Anthony Davis trade to the Lakers for the entire Lakers team, pretty much? I want you to read this trade out loud so that everybody in the world can hear how much of a future L.A. gave up for this. Well, Los Angeles is getting Anthony Davis. New Orleans is getting Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and the fourth overall pick. And three more first-rounders. And three more first-rounders as well. Like, the Pelicans, I mean, I think it, yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're set for the future. Like, they've got all those picks. They're definitely getting Zion. They've already got Julius Randle, Drew Holiday. Now they've got Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram to fill that point guard and small forward position. Like, what, what more could you want? I will say this team has to develop a three ball because nobody on this team is a very good shooter. Maybe outside of Drew Holiday. If I was other teams, I would just play the. <laughs> I would literally just play the paint the whole game. <laughs> yeah, one thing like they're gonna have Zion and Julius Randle, and I kind of, I think that both of them are like very similar players. I mean, obviously, you know, um, Zion's got a way higher vertical, but like they're both bully their way into the paint and get, uh, get all their shots in the paint, get rebounds, play defense. I think they're really similar. So I think they'll just, I think they'll do good, uh, do good together. And I also don't think the Lakers completely lost out giving up that much. Obviously the picks is kind of excessive, but 
when you're trading for a superstar like that and you're <laughs> only decent players are Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart when that's all you can offer up. Um, being able to keep Kuzma, who's probably, the, in my opinion, the best out of those four players, um, I don't think they necessarily lost the trade, but I think it benefited both sides. Yeah, I agree. And if the Lakers pick up somebody else in free agency coming up, like Kimba Walker or Jimmy Butler, like they could have a shot at the finals. I was thinking more of Kemba, Kyrie, or even Kawhi. I, yeah, I did see that there. If they yeah. get Kawhi, that's insane. Ooh, talk about a big three. <laughs> Almost top three. <laughs> Bleacher Report dropped an article earlier today where Kyrie had said he's been trying to play with AD, so maybe LA isn't such a non-possibility. No, I, uh, I think Brooklyn is uh, pretty much a lock. I would bank a lot of money that he's going to Brooklyn. I actually like, I'm actually okay with if that big three were to become a thing. You know me, I'm anti-super team, but I like all three of those players. So it's not like you got Draymond Green and Kevin Durant who are, who are just awful. <laughs> I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Pouty. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But at the, same, at the same time, I'm kind of, eh. If Kawhi goes to L.A., that's, I feel like that's just a bad move for Kawhi. And then Kawhi would end up being, like, one of those hated players because he left his team right after he just got them their first ever NBA championship just to go join another super team. Yeah, but Toronto fans have known that he's going to leave all season. So I, I can't say that they would be surprised to see him leave. I kind of don't want him to leave. I kind of just want him to stay and just be the like the face of Toronto because he, he yeah. did extremely well and like I think he fits perfectly there. Yeah, I want him to be the greatest player to ever play in Canada. Like he just fits there. Truly does in my eyes. The Drake curse has been lifted as well. That means Kentucky's winning next year. Josh jinxed it, everybody. Yep. Nah, I knock on wood. But did you see the way Kawhi was celebrating after the buzzer sounded? And then he was like, oh, wait, I can't be celebrating. That's, sh- that's showing emotion. I better stop. <laughs> yeah, he threw his arms up in the air. He had his mouth wide open, and then he just went back to robot mode. But, yeah, um, I definitely think uh, free agency is going to be one for the ages this year. I think it, the league's about to go crazy. And I, I'm so excited. Yeah, free agency can sometimes be more entertaining than the regular season itself. Yeah, I, I agree because all the moves happen and it just gets us that more excited for the next season. Like, oh, there, there's just going to be so many moves this year. Katie and uh, Clay could end up going somewhere else. Kyrie could go somewhere else. Kawhi could go somewhere else. Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Where's D'Angelo Russell going to go? Jimmy Butler. Like, I'm just so excited. It's certainly the era of the super team. So who knows where these people can go? Yeah, and with the injuries to KD and Clay as they hit free agency, um, that definitely adds a new wrinkle into the whole mix when you have teams like the Knicks that were clearing cap space back in February or before the trade deadline to sign them this offseason. It was fun. Let's move on. Leave. Go somewhere else. So, yeah, they're, about to, they're about to be on the verge of not making the playoffs next year. 
I think Clay needs to leave, definitely. Because I feel like he's just kind of been in the shadow this whole time, but he has the potential to lead his own team. I just want to see him do it. Well, even his father said that there's absolutely no chance of him not re-signing. And Golden State already said that they're going to offer him a max. Well, all we can do is wait and see what happens. But here in a few days on Thursday, we've got the NBA draft. And with that being said, I think it's time for us to do our From the Sidelines Mock NBA Draft 2019. Get it popping. All right. So I've got pick one. And then Noah's got pick two, Chad has pick three, Devin has pick four. And we're going in that order, me, Noah, Chad, Devin. So, with the first pick, the New Orleans Pelicans are taking Zion Williamson. All right, awesome. Yeah, let's move on to pick two. Now, nah, nah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, I don't think this comes as a surprise to anyone. But I just want to say, you know, Zion, he's obviously a generational talent. Um He's probably more than likely going to be an all-star one day. Like, he's just insane. I don't know what else to say. If he gets a shot, he's going to be even more insane. Yeah, as long as he doesn't get injured, he's definitely going to be an all-star in the league. I was about to say, do you see him being a rookie all-star? Honestly, I could see it just because of how much hype is surrounded around him. Like, you saw how many votes Luka got. Like, Zion can probably get even more than that. And as long as he produces stats, he could potentially do it. Yep, I totally see Zion being a, a rookie all star. I can see him I can see him doing the dunk contest, I can see him doing uh the all star game, the rising star, everything. He's gonna be an all star weekend phenom. Yeah, and he's stepping into a nice situation where the Pelicans can just kinda roll the ball out there, put it in his hands, let him accumulate stats on kind of a rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. Could be nice to get him acclimated into the league. Yeah, just build around Zion. I think that's definitely what they're going to do. He's going to um, immediately step in and just be their guy. He's going to be the guy for them. Yeah, well, I want to I want to back up to one thing Noah said about All-Star Weekend, like him being the guy. I really hope he's in the dunk contest. And I also hope that they bring back like guys like Zach Levine in the dunk contest because they could go all out for this year's dunk contest, and it'd be insane. It'd be so good. Zach but, yeah. Levine, Aaron Gordon, Zion Williamson, and... Uh... The guy from Miami. I can't think of his name. Oh, Derek Jones. Derek, that's superior. That'd be amazing. But yeah, uh, let's move on to pick two. Noah, you're up. And with the second pick in the NBA draft, I have the Memphis Grizzlies taking uh, Ja Morant out of Murray State. I had the pleasure to see this man play in person. So did our man Chad. Yeah, we were there. Uh... This man is the real deal. Uh, this man has the potential to maybe get up there to averaging near a triple-double eventually in his potential. Uh, I can maybe see him making all-team first rookie. Absolutely. Uh, he's an explosive point guard with good vision and a plenty of room to improve. Definitely has a defensive potential as well, and uh, it's a good talent to put with Jaron Jackson to build around. The only thing that I'm kind of worried about uh, with Jaw is the fact that he went to Murray State. And, you know, he he obviously produced numbers. He had great stats, but he didn't really play, like, as well of competition as some of these other guys played. And I know, like, in the tournament he did good and all, but I just want to see him consistently play well against tough competition. Noah, are you concerned about the 
knee injury that he had, and he had a surgery to remove loose bodies? No, I'm not concerned at all. I feel like they gave him the right medical attention he needed. I feel like we can give him a chance. If people can come back from torn ACLs and torn Achilles and whatnot, I feel like we can give him a chance to come back from this. All I'm going to say is, after seeing him play in person, the guy is a freak. Indeed. He's he's super fast. He's crazy athletic. And <laughs> watching him play against the guys, the sorry guys against the Colonels of Eastern Kentucky, just did not stand a chance at all. <laughs> he, just, he, just, he just got to clean up some of his game. Part of that's probably because... Like Josh said, the competition wasn't really there, and he was just kind of just showboating a little bit. But, yeah, I think yeah. he'll be fine. Yeah, he definitely fits, like, that that new generation point guard mold. Like, the athleticism, the speed, the shooting, like, everything. He, yeah. I, think, I think he'll do all right. Um, Chad, you're up. Big three. Well, no surprise here. The top three is probably set in stone. I'm going to go with R.J. Barrett to the Knicks. The Knicks have been a team with a sorry excuse for a roster uh, quite a few years now. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to talk about the lottery again because it's messed up, but I feel like they should have gotten the number one pick. But can't really go wrong with R.J. Barrett. A lot of people thought he would be the number one pick before the season started. Um, Yeah, R.J. Barrett's probably the clear pick here, and then it probably... The talent level drops off after the top three players. Yep, I think we can all agree on R.J. Barrett. Um, he's great. He's a good shooter. He's what the Knicks need. So yeah, The Knicks need somebody that can bring that superstar talent to be brought around them and have somebody to build around, and I think R.J. Barrett is the perfect stepping stone with that, especially surrounded with Kevin Knox. I feel like they can have something going there. Yeah, definitely. The potential for that, those two, is off the charts. So hopefully they do something well with it. All right, Devin, pick four. All right. With the newly acquired number four pick in the draft, New Orleans Pelicans select Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech. Hmm. Um, I really like uh, the kind of the all-around game and the versatility that Culver provides uh, for a wing player. Um, and he's really able to just kind of fill lanes. He doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands to make an impact. Uh, he has a really nice shot off the bounce. Uh, he can definitely slash and drive and finish at the rim with his length and is able to facilitate uh, with the, through a pick and roll. Um, I definitely like the versatility and kind of myriad of talents that he brings to the Pelicans. Is he going to show up in the important games? Unlike in the tournament. Uh, you know, I don't know how many big games he'll have in New Orleans, so I don't think we have to worry about that problem. <laughs> or if he will have any big games in New Orleans, if they trade the pick. Never know. Which is personally what I would do, but I'm not a general manager. That's what I, that's what I would do too, I agree. But yeah, I think... He's definitely the fourth best player. So I've got the fifth pick, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I'm going to take DeAndre Hunter. You know, the Cavs, they already have Colin Sexton. They've got that point guard that they can 
No, nah, well, they can, yeah, they can build around him and Hunter. Um, I think all their, well, they're lacking a lot, but I think what they're most lacking is like that small forward position, somebody who's all around, you know, an all around player, somebody who can get the ball and drive, shoot, uh, somebody who Colin Sexton can share the workload with, and I think put those two together and they've got some, some potential. Don't forget C.D. Osman. Share the workload with him. And moving on to the next... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns would be selecting Kobe White out of North Carolina. Um, I personally see them being the point guard they've needed for years. And I mean years. And he's got good size to him. He has good driving ability. Uh, the only thing I'm kind of concerned with is his uh, his defensive ability, especially for a six foot five scoring point guard like him. Um, I just that's the only concern I have. But if Phoenix can do something, they can hopefully do right and develop him. Uh, I can see them being a very good pick for the future. Hey, don't forget those sorry years when they had Bloodsoe, Brandon Knight, and Goran Dragic. Oh Lord, what a trio of guards! <laughs> yeah, I think Kobe White's definitely the best fit there. Talk about someone that's made a name for himself. He's really improved his stock last year. Yeah, no, and he's he's six five, so he's got that height against some other guards. Um, yeah, the only thing I'm worried about is his defense. And moving on to pick seven, the Chicago Bulls. I personally wouldn't do this, but. Some mock drafts I've seen him go as high as four, but I guess they're going to take Darius Garland out of Vanderbilt. Now, the reason I don't really like this guy, because his durability is a real issue, and no one's really seen him play all that much. Uh, He didn't play any games for Vanderbilt, and then he could be a high-risk, high-reward type of dude, but I don't know. If you're Chicago, I think you I don't know, you probably should go look elsewhere. Yeah, I'm a little worried about his size and ability to guard um, some of the elite point guards in the league. Not necessarily an elite athlete, um, more of a shooter type of profile. So he could be exposed a little bit defensively, especially in his early years in the league. He's still a bit of a mystery. Like, I don't know what to expect from him. All right. And with the eighth pick in the 2019 NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks select Cam Reddish, forward out of Duke. Smart moves. Smart moves. Probably the most underrated player in the draft, in my opinion. Uh, Me personally, uh, like, if the Lakers still had that fourth pick, I thought they would have taken him at four. But obviously they traded that. I think he'd be the perfect fit for the Hawks. You know, they already have Trey Young and John Collins. They just need that middle guy to kind of round them up and make them a good all-around team. And those three together, they could have some nice building blocks for the future. Especially with the way that John Collins is trying to rebuild himself as a stretch four, I honestly see that this could go both ways. Yeah, I definitely like the scoring potential and upside that uh, he showed even at Duke. Um, even as the third wheel to the trio 
of five-star recruits. Um, he didn't have the ball in his hands much, which kind of explains his lack of assist totals at Duke. But he definitely has some 3 and D potential uh, that could slot in nicely with the young core that the Hawks have built. The man's got a 7-1 wingspan, and he's a small forward. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, the potential, especially defensively for Cam Reddish, is through the roof. Which which outcome do we think is more likely? A uh, slightly worse version of Paul George or Jeff Green? Somewhere in the middle. If we're going to talk comparisons, I'm thinking a better Brandon Ingram. I like that. I like it. He's got. He's he's definitely stronger than Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram's a stick. That's what I said by better. Like a better, stronger, maybe more athletic Brandon Ingram. Especially the wingspan, because of Ingram's wingspan as well. Yeah, I could see that. All right, and with the ninth pick, uh, I've got the Washington Wizards. I'm going to take Dumbuya uh, from France. This guy's tall. He's 6'9". He's got really good athleticism. He runs the floor really well. He jumps really high. He's got a little bit of a shot. If he gets that shot better, he'll really be good. But um, I think that's what the Wizards need. They need that small forward slash power forward position because, you know, they've already got Bradley Beal, and if John Wall comes back, they've got the guards set. They just need that middleman. And how do you know so much about uh, this guy exactly? Well, not to brag or anything, but, you know, my, my guy is from France. I took two years of French in high school, so I know a little bit. Um and also, he has quite the great, the greatest name I've ever heard. You know, Dumboya. Like, you know, it's got to know a little bit about him. I just want to state that this is our guess at how to pronounce his name. Like, we no, got... it's it's not a guess. It's Dumboya. Je m'appelle Dumboya. Je m'appelle Josh. <laughs> I'm just glad Noah's not the one that had to pronounce his name because there's no way he would have gotten that out. Hi, hi, hi! You're so funny. But yeah, I'm taking Dumbuya to the Wizards with pick nine. I could also see the Wizards taking, filling their center position with Jackson Hayes. Uh, when you have a player like Thomas Bryant starting at your center position. I, li- I like Thomas uh, Bryant. He's getting young and he has potential. So, but, you know, he, if he improves, I feel like they could just roll with him. But we'll have to see. But like Dumbuya... Like, he can slide into that power forward position or he can play that small forward position. And, you know, if they do keep training and uh, working with Thomas Bryant and developing his game, then I feel like they could have something there because Bryant's young, Dumbuya's uh, young. They're both athletic. They're both good. They could have some nice, nice big men there. And with the 10th pick, the Atlanta Hawks, once again, uh, would be taking Brandon Clark out of Gonzaga. Uh, I personally think with his athleticism and touch and, once again, the uh, potential for defensive versatility, uh, the amount of defensive players that could be coming out of this draft is insane. I honestly think would be a good fit next to John Collins, and I think it would be a nice big man to throw uh, for Trey Young to have to assist to, maybe see a lot of lobs, certainly. Uh, but once again, this is if the Hawks keep the pick. I personally see them trading this pick. They have two lottery picks. They need to make some moves, get a better man on the roster. But if they do decide to keep this pick 
and that's a really huge if uh, Clark may be a nice pickup. Yeah, they definitely are needing that center position. They've rolled with who's the? Who, it's Alex Lynn, right? Dwayne Dedman. Uh, okay, so not much better, but yeah, that's my point. They need a center. Yeah, they certainly need, needed a big man for a couple of years. I get to talk about Tyler Hero. <laughs> Ooh, are you picking Tyler Hero at Boston? Yeah. What if I take him at thirteen? Then I'm taking PJ Washington. Either way, I'm talking about a Kentucky player. So. All right. Well, I, I might take. I honestly might take Tyler Hero at thirteen just because Dwayne Wade just retired. Well, why would he take Tyler Hero away from me if in Miami Heat have already expressed interest in PJ Washington? It would make no sense. Because this isn't the real draft. This is our mock draft, and I can do whatever I want. I could have taken Tyler Hero. Pick one if I wanted to. Let's be realistic, not nonsensical. Can we please do that, please? Did you just say nonsensical? It's a word. Do you, do you know that? Do you, do you really know nonsensical? It's a word? Does it I sound like it... a word? It sounds made up to me. I, I feel like it might be a word. It is a word? Why are we all questioning my English grammar? What? Because you didn't even take the ACT. What? Because you didn't even take the ACT. Okay. No, yeah, nonsensical is a word. Uh, having no meaning, making no sense, ridiculously impractical or ill-advised. Perfect. Well, it's still our draft, so we can do whatever we want. All right, well, moving on from the nonsensical issues, Minnesota Timberwolves have pick 11. And I'm going to say they also take a player from Gonzaga in Rui Hachimura. I feel like he'd be a great fit next to Carl Anthony Towns. They could have a prolific duo front court, uh, very versatile on offense, also pretty physical, excellent at finishing at the rim. And I like that duo with Cat. I do too, yeah. And obviously, um, Andrew Wiggins, he's didn't. It hasn't really panned out as well as we expected. And uh, they need a guy to fit that middle role. And I think Rui Hachimura um, is definitely that guy. I'm sorry, I had to say it like that because it just sounds like he should be in a Bruce Lee movie. (laughs) All right, and with the 12th pick in the draft, the Charlotte Hornets are going to go with, um, I think, uh, one of Noah's favorites in uh, Nasir Little. And why would they be taking this year, Little? Um, have you seen their roster? They don't have anyone good. Kemba's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Batum, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, Cody Zeller? Oh, yeah. Only the goats. They can use anything they can get. And Sierra Little has tremendous upside, especially on the defensive end of the court. Um, definitely a 3 and D type of profile um he didn't really show that much at north carolina but he definitely has the potential to uh live up to the highly regarded um status that he achieved out of high school all right i'm with noah i don't i don't think he's that good i don't think he's that good either yeah no he's extremely undersized for a forward he's six six uh, I saw him have very inconsistent streaks at North Carolina. It seemed like one game he dropped 20, and then another he dropped five. Uh, 
it was very inconsistent. If if he can develop into a better offensive player, then yeah, he has a role in this league. Yeah, I didn't really see anything that impressed me that much at North Carolina either. Uh, if you ask me, he's just going to be another another random dude on the Hornets along with the players that Devin just mentioned. He's not going to really translate much in the as far as the win column is concerned. <laughs> All right. Um, I think it's time to move on to pick 13. Um, Miami Heat. I could go two different ways. I can either go Tyler Hero or P.J. Washington. But since Boston's shown a lot of interest and Tyler Hero made 80 out of 100 threes there, I'm going to go with P.J. Washington for Miami. Um, you know, they've already got Bam Adebayo. Um, obviously they have Hassan Whiteside, but this, this is, this is what I would do if I were the Heat's GM, uh, well, Pat Riley, but, um, I would, I would draft PJ Washington. I'd move Bam into the starting lineup, start him at center, PJ at the, uh, at the four, and I just get rid of Hassan Whiteside. I just feel like his contract is, is really high and he is definitely overpaid for what he's producing in my opinion. So I think that they need to get rid of that contract. And focus on Bam and um, P.J. Washington to be the their big man. I completely agree. Do, do we think P.J. is going to be the first Kentucky guy drafted? It's either him or Hero. I don't see yeah. Keldon being the first. I see Keldon going low 20s. Yeah, I think it'll be P.J. I think they'll all be kind of in the same area, like late lottery to you know mid-first round. But I... I Probably be PJ or Tyler. All right, Noah. Final right. pick. Yeah. Well, with the 14th pick, I do have Boston taking Tyler Hero. Like I said, or like you said, uh, he made 83s at their shoot around. That's extremely impressive. He can play off of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. He has the size to be a good guard, a very good guard. Uh, he comes with a competitive fire like no other. Uh, Calipari did his best this season to try to develop him defensively, putting on the matchups that we all know that he should not have been guarding. But um, outside of that, I, he has more potential of anybody going to Boston that I see. This is a uh, this is me as a Thunder fan talking, but I kind of wish he didn't go off in those uh, those workouts because his draft stock went up. He like like a month ago, like he was in like the early twenties, early to mid twenties. And now he's mid first round lottery. So I would have loved to see him be on the thunder, but you know, he killed it in those uh, workouts and he's definitely has the potential to be a lo- uh, lottery pick. And you mentioned his uh, competitive nature. We saw that up close firsthand in all the Kentucky games, the famous, I'm a bucket at the free throw line comment to what was it an Arkansas player mm-hmm. yep. shooting those clutch free throws made him said I'm a bucket right in his face. Yeah, he's competitive. He trash talks. He he does anything he can to win and get in get in the opponent's uh, mind. Like he he's really competitive. He certainly fits that Boston nature. Absolutely. I'll also say that he's kind of an underrated defender. Because when he first started college, he was terrible. Could not guard the likes of D2 athletes on the perimeter. 
but he's improved tremendously as a defender and can guard, like Noah said earlier, matchups that he probably shouldn't even be having. Yeah, I think that that just being on that Kentucky team, like being the two guard uh, next to Ashton Hagens, I think he just really got was really motivated to get better at defense. Also, good call to transfer from Wisconsin. Frank Kaminsky can eat it. He ain't very, soft. Very good call. He ain't soft. <laughs> I think that wraps up our NBA draft. But speaking of NBA draft, would you guys ever be interested in going to one? I would love to go to one. How can he do it? Well, let me tell you how you can do it. Download SeatGeek. Go on the app. Find the ticket you want. Click on it. And on that ticket, there'll be a picture of your seat, and there'll be a rating, 1 to 10, being good or bad. And you can buy that ticket, and when you put it in your cart, you can go down to promo codes, and you can use our code FTSPOD to get $20 off your first purchase. What a bargain. Yeah, that is definitely definitely quite the deal. Just to be sure to use our code FTSPOD. All right, and I'm pleased to announce our new affiliate a program with Spreadsheet School for Daily Fantasy Sports. If you've ever been interested in getting into some DFS, we have two great products for you to check out on our website. Um, we have a spreadsheet lineup optimizer that can generate the optimum lineup for any slate for any sport of your choosing. Or if you wanted to create your own spreadsheet, uh, we have the Spreadsheet School, which uh, provides YouTube videos and um, articles for you to read create your own excel spreadsheet and um cash in those gpps and what do our listeners get when they sign up uh listeners can use our coupon code sidelines to receive 10 percent off any purchase again the promo code is sidelines for 10 percent off all right and that concludes another episode of the from the sidelines podcast um, please feel free to send us an email with your questions or comments to theftspod at gmail.com or follow us on our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at theftspod. Bye, have a great day. Bye, have a great day. Bye, have a great day. Bye,